You know, one of the really uh, cool things about Thursday here on the Paul W. Smith Show is getting to talk to some really decorated medical professionals uh, who are the best of the best. Uh, and, and as part of our Michigan uh, medicine segment here on the show, um, uh, I'm really happy to uh, uh, bring aboard Allie Joe Heckman, uh, the clinical audiologist in the adult audiology division of the Michigan Medicine Department, otolaryngology department, uh, and uh, joins us this morning on the Paul W. Smith Show. Doc, nice to have you with us. Hi, thanks for having me. Um, you know, of all of the uh, ailments that we as as humans go through, uh, it, there is a tremendous amount of people, one in eight, in fact, in the United States, 12 and older have hearing loss in in both ears just based on on standard hearing exams that's incredible to me that you can even pick up those almost early diagnosis just on a simple exam yeah so um you know it's unfortunately it's incredibly common um, and there's a lot of different testing that we can do to learn, you know, more about what type of hearing loss someone has and how they're experiencing their hearing loss. So a- as an audiologist, then how do you, how, how, what do you do? Like, how, how do you, like, what are the first steps in trying to determine if somebody's got, got hearing loss? Um, just take us through the, the process. Yeah. So, you know, first, um, you know, a clinical audiologist like myself, we're healthcare professionals, um, and we evaluate, treat, and manage hearing imbalance disorders, um, individuals from infancy to elderly. Um, so we have different techniques to be able to test um, throughout that age group. Um, so for, you know, a, a typical um, hearing evaluation, it's a lot more than just listening for the beeps, um, and that's what people are most familiar with. Um, so we do a variety of tests to learn about the health of the ears, um, sound detection levels, and how clearly someone understands speech. Um, we test in a sound-treated booth to obtain accurate results. Um, we do middle ear testing to look at the health and mobility of eardrums and rule out problems like ear infections. Um, pure tone testing, like I mentioned, is that classic listening for the beeps test. Um, and when we're doing this, we're testing from low pitch to high pitch to learn about an individual's overall access to speech sounds. Um, this helps us classify how much hearing loss there is and what type. Um, we also do speech testing both in quiet and in noise to give us an understanding of an individual's ability to process speech information. And we show all this on a graph called an audiogram, and that's essentially a prescription for an individual's hearing loss. Um, you know, based on this testing, we can find other medical red flags, and so we frequently refer to our colleagues in otolaryngology, um, also known as ear, nose, and throat, um, for further medical evaluation. Um, and so this testing, um, in combination with, you know, that individual's report of how their hearing and ear problem is impacting their quality of life and communication, you know, helps guide us on what the next step should be for treatment and management. Allie, some of the numbers are just shocking. One in eight people in the U.S., 12 or older, has hearing loss in both ears. Two percent of adults age 45 to 54 have what is referred to as disabling hearing loss. Eight and a half percent for adults age 55 to 64. I mean, this is a bigger problem than I think anybody takes into consideration. Absolutely, and it's definitely a, um, you know, very, um, oh, let's think, a 
a, a problem is just not being widely addressed, even though it's incredibly common. Um, and so what we need to know is that it's not normal, nor is it acceptable to not hear well. Um, so at Michigan Audiology, I work with the adult population. I specialize in hearing rehabilitation, hearing conservation, and tinnitus management. Um, I frequently fit patients with hearing aids and other assistive listening devices um, to help them achieve their communication goals, as well as help patients manage bothersome tinnitus or ringing in the ears. And hearing loss and tinnitus can be common symptoms of exposure to sound at dangerous listening levels. Um, so hearing prevention and counseling on safe listening is a really important part of what we do. Mm. So uh, talk to us then about some preventative measures that people can keep in mind uh, to, to hopefully keep their hearing intact as best we can as we as we age. Um, what are some of the things that you recommend to your patients? Yeah, so, you know, uh, something that we need to remember is that I really don't believe that people knowingly expose themselves to hazardous noise in a reckless manner. Um, you know, when I talk to people about safe listening levels and overall awareness of what loudness environments, um, you know, what loud environments can be, they're usually surprised and unaware that many of their everyday environments can be too loud for them. Um, so some of these environments may be a noisy job, a loud workout class, sporting events, attending concerts, um, or exposure from headphone use, which I heard you mention earlier. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> yes. Um, so, you know, an unfortunate trend that we see is diagnosing hearing loss, tinnitus, and sound sensitivity um, in younger and younger individuals. And that type of auditory damage from noise is irreversible and preventable. Um, you know, so we see how, you know, overall this impacts, you know, all aspects of a person's life. When someone isn't hearing well, they're experiencing higher listening effort. So essentially they're working harder to listen and piece together conversations. Um, that can have a physical, cognitive, and an emotional impact for that person. Um, they can actually be physically tired after, you know, communicating in social gatherings just from, um, you know, the strain of listening. Um, from a cognitive standpoint, the person might um, be giving more attention and focus, and that can be draining. Um, and then poor communication overall, you know, affects our relationships and causes emotional stress as well. Um, so, you know, when you're talking about how do we prevent this, um, you know, for patients as we get older, we're going to experience presbycusis or age-related hearing loss. And right now we can't prevent that. We also can't prevent, you know, genetic changes to our hearing. Um, but damage from sound exposures, we can. Um, and so when we are experiencing loud sound exposures, um, if we're in a situation that's too loud, we want to reduce our distance from the sound source and wear appropriate fitting hearing protection as well. Also, the louder the sound exposure is, um, that means we need to spend less time in that environment. So really, I think it sounds like the identification of, of things that could really cause harm to your hearing. And then going if you're going to a sporting event, throw some earplugs in. If you're going somewhere loud, throw some earplugs in. That'll uh, certainly help you in the future. Allie Joe Heckman, uh, clinical audiologist, uh, at Michigan Medicine. Thank you so much uh, for your time, for your insight, and, and for all the work you do. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. You got it.